What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Happy release day, everybody. Value's new song, Renegade, is out right now. Go get it. It's everywhere you listen to music. Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play. Everywhere you listen to music, it's there. Um, hope you love it. We love it. Ted's verse is great. Matt crushed it on the horns from Real Big Fish. Just such a... It was an all-around really great uh, collaboration. And um, stoked to get some dub reggae out there. We haven't done anything like that in a while. So I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, please uh, spread the link around. Share to all your friends. Um, just let them know what's up. Tell them about our band. We, we would just appreciate it very much. Um, thank you so much for listening to the band and listening to this podcast. I'm uh, just very grateful to have everything that I have. And, um, you know, I love you all. So, uh, that said, uh, today, uh, I got Ted Bound from Pacifier who actually sang, he did a verse on the song Renegade. We're going to get into that a little bit amongst other things. Um, always fun to talk to him and, uh, he has such a, like a smooth, sexy voice that I think you're going to like, um, Value's got some shows coming up. Go to valuerocks.com slash tour um, to get tickets. And I know we're going to be uh, at Gilligan's Pier on June 7th. And then June 28th, we're going to be in Rhode Island at Patty's Beach Club. June 29th, we're going to be at Mulcahy's on Long Island. It's a free show, too. Go make sure you don't, don't miss that. Uh, and then on the 30th, we're going to be in Boston doing the Boston Harbor Cruise again with Rock On Concerts. Uh, we did it last summer, and it was a lot of fun. We sold out the boat. Um, a lot of tickets sold already, so make sure you um, you go there right now. Grab tickets, and uh, we're just going to drink beers for like three hours and play music on this boat. So don't miss it. Um, word. All right, let's get into it. This is uh, Tales from the Green Room, episode number 72 with Ted Baum. Hello. Hello. Oh, how are you there? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Uh, Good. Just sitting here in my house, um, twiddling my thumbs, just waiting for your call patiently. Is it you and the, the Pacifarians? Uh, Will's here. He's, he's setting up a few things in the other room for some recording we're doing. Wee. Say hi, Will. Hey, you little bitch. Oh, shit. <laughs> now, that's just not nice. You don't it's say that. Brian. I'm sorry. I know. I haven't seen you or talked to you forever, and that's how I say hi. Yeah, you know, Will, Will's flight got canceled yesterday, and he had to stay the night in Charlotte, so he's a little grumpy. Um, I'm pretty, I'm kind of disappointed. That's what I'm going to say. That's, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I'm not angry. We're I'm still going to go on with you this summer. Oh yeah, we are doing that. I huh? understand. We, we can say that now. We can say that now. We can actually say it on the, on the radio, on the internet radio. On the radios. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Me to, too. Like, see you guys and caress your face and tell you how much I love you every day. A lot of um, facial caresses when we all hang out. 
That's yeah, it should sure. be called the Caress, Caress Tour. Caress Me Down? No, I, I like going with the, the uh, brouhaha once again. It's like it's like bringing out an old an old classic. It's like bringing out an old baseball mitt. Just fit, fit right to your hand. Dusting off the old catcher's mitt. <laughs> Getting on the road. I don't know who's going to be catching on this course. No. <laughs> it's all fastballs, baby. Who's on first, Howie? I don't, I don't even know. I'm not paying, paying attention to the game. So, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's going to be fun. And I guess we're just getting – we're just in this. We're just in this thing now, okay? Um, okay, we're in it. Yeah, we're in it. We've been in it. Like, I'm just going to keep all of that. that we're was, in the – the green room matrix. That was wonderful. Good stuff there. Um, yeah. So we're going to do the, the brouhaha. We started, we did, we did our, our first uh, brouhaha. It was in the fall of 2013, I believe. And we were like, wow, we should keep this going. Yeah. I have effects now. The podcast makes a little bit of money now so I can, I can get afford effects. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've been, you know, just, uh, every time we go on tour with you guys, it's always a lot of fun. And it's for, for some reason, uh, the fans seem to come together. So it's the Bally Hooligans and the Pasifarians, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can call them that. The Pasifarians. It's a religious cult. So yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, the hooligans and, and the and the Farians, they come together, and they have a they have a good time. They're the same people. They are the same people. <laughs> they're they're the same people, but it's cool. It's awesome. No, I mean actually, every time we play with you guys, we we gain new fans, and I hope it's the same same for you guys. It's, it's always a very beneficial tour in a lot of ways. So, you know, we're fucking stoked and you know, it has been a minute. So, uh, it's, um, it's like, I don't know if you ever went to summer camp. It's like when you, when you go back to the summer camp and you see the kids you haven't seen for the whole year Mm -hmm. and you get to spend like a short amount of time with them and you do a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't do at home. Kind of like that. Yeah. Like sack races, we're gonna do sack races, right? You fucking know it. I mean, <laughs> me and you are bunking, and uh, I'm on top. Like egg, egg. Yeah, we don't have bunks, so you'll just be sleeping with me on a <laughs> on a band bench. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> also, I can cr- crumple up on the floor. I've done that many times in the passenger van. Actually, I don't know. We're thinking about possibly getting one of those. Uh, here's a little shameless plug to a company we may not even go with, but uh, <laughs> Bandigo has got some really cool rental things going on, and it's uh, very decently priced. So we're th- looking at that possibly for the West Coast. Their van is about to hit 311,000 miles. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I mean, to all you 311 fans, I'm sure you're stoked, but. <laughs> Three hundred eleven thousand miles ain't so cool when you're driving across the country. So no, it's not. We might rent for that one. 
Yeah. No, that's cool. We, we've used uh, Bandigo before. It's great. Uh, you have. Great. Did you like it? Great customer service. Um, uh, good plans. Um, you know, we were, we were satisfied the customers. The best part is when you break down, it's not on you. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I just, I like the fact that there's like maintenance and like you, you say, Hey, something's wrong. And they tell you where to go and they pay for it. Yeah. Hold, hold on one second, Ted. Uh, my kids, both of my kids just woke up and they're okay. supposed to be in bed. Hey guys. You had a bad dream. You couldn't sleep. Come here. It's okay. I just put you down like five minutes ago. <laughs> you weren't dreaming. It's okay, honey. Ted, give me 60 seconds. No worries, man. I'll be right back. And <laughs> we're back. Ah. <sighs> How have you been doing, Howie? Ah, been great. Um, busy. Like really busy yeah. <laughs> like just doesn't it just never like, stops crazy man fucking busy you guys are crushing yeah i mean things are things are good we got doing a lot of um festivals and things this year and uh we've been off since the winter tour with expendables and cashed out um this uh when does this album drop uh we are just doing we're we're not really I don't know. I don't know what's up with their album. Like it's it's it kind of going song by song. It's just I'm I'm too much of a crazy person and perfectionist. I gotta like I take forever. Yeah. You know. And um, well, last time we talked, you told me that you went to Pepper Studio, and and I heard the podcast about it. It was it was awesome. Oh, cool. And you 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 were like, we're just gonna do one song, and you left with like eight songs or something. <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah. I thought we were gonna do. Like three or four, maybe that that would have been cool, but we ended up doing nine, and um, it was yeah. and we pulled oh, nine, yeah, yeah. Some of them we pulled out of our ass, you know, just on the spot, and others I had skeletons of, you know, yeah. uh, ghosts of Christmas future, and um, they uh, I don't know they, they they turned out everything turned out really good. It's just um, for me it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite there yet. Like we need more songs to round it out and like, you know, kind of narrow it down and pick like a good track list and all that. And so once I got home from, from that tour, um, I just started uh, writing some more and, you know, just trying to be down here in the studio every day, just working on ideas and things. And, but then it's like, I'm working with other bands, I'm producing, I'm engineering, I'm mixing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like to me. You've got time because you just put out an album. Yeah. Yeah. Literally came out in September. So it's like, we're, we're still not even a year yet. I just like to keep making music and just having as much material as possible. And my views these days, they've changed a lot, um, with how we approach, um, I don't know the business. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm trying to like shed all that, you know, useless, those useless techniques or the useless knowledge that I picked up, you know, since we started this thing in the mid nineties, because all that stuff is dead. Like that whole, that whole way of life, that whole approach is just dead and everything you have to relearn and rewire yourself. How you just got to, you just got to move to Portland, man. (laughs) 
Is that where it's happening right now? Dream of the 90s is alive in Portland. <laughs> just one little piece in the United no, States. Just, no, if it was... a uh, quoting a Portland. Okay, I never... That's that's a funny show from what I saw, but I don't watch shows or anything anymore. It's like, it's hard for me to get into a show. I'm just always, you don't watch shows? Always working. Dude, I just started watching Game of Thrones. I'm I'm like on season one. <laughs> Some people would be uh, jealous of you. Way for that. Yeah, I'm sure that those fans would love to start that show all over with no knowledge because they loved it so much. So they they like envy you right now. Yeah, dude. I wait till it's not cool to watch Game of Thrones anymore, and then I watch it. It's kind of like what I did with Lost back in the day. Remember when Lost came out? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was like, "Fuck this Lost." I don't, I don't know about your loss. And then I downloaded like every single episode and watched the whole thing. <laughs> I remember I got like... It was a waste of life. I got like five or six episodes into that when it was on in the first season. And I just couldn't stay with it. No, man. Once it gets into like... It, they, the writers just stop having things to write about. There's only so many things people can do on a deserted island. So they, uh, they got creative. I guess you could call it, but uh, uh, I was just like, no, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm that guy that sits in front of the TV by myself, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I've I've had these, like, <laughs> lately I'll watch movies or shows, and, like, I'll ruin it for myself. Like, there are certain things that will take me out of it now that didn't really bother me before, but... I don't know, just I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but like something will happen in a movie and it's just like, well, wait a second. And, and hold on. Ah, and I'll just ruin it for myself. Yeah. You know? Um So you're a, you're a continuity buff. Yeah, I like continuity. I was that's why it was really weird for me when Ninja Turtles two came out and April O'Neil was a completely different person. Um Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but they kept that her for is, part three. It's weird to me. All these superheroes are being played by like Batman's been played by like what twenty different people now. Yeah, he's like, like who he's like is Bond. the real Batman? He's like Bond. Yeah, it's James Bond. I Why mean, can't they just same guy keep him young forever? I know they, there's got to be some sort of a uh, some kind of a serum like Captain America serum. They've that, got that out there. I'm sure they do. Yeah, somebody has it. Someone has. I think it. it's in Florida. Some crazy person in Florida. That's why we tour in Florida so much, folks. Keeps you young. It's the fountain of youth. <laughs> the fountain of youth. Right? Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so we did a song, and we finally got you to sing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out tonight at midnight, right? It is. Well, actually... Uh, we, it's out. It's out now. It's out now because this podcast comes out on Friday, so it's out now. And I can already see the. I got the reviews right here. They're like, "Holy fuck! This is the best song they've ever done." Ted's verse is fucking hot fire, Wait. and they even put F I Y A H out already. No, see, see, this oh, with is with a with, this is a pre-recorded podcast, and it's going to go up live on Friday. So that means the song is out. And everybody's enjoying it and having a good time. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. TV magic. Uh, radio magic. Radio magic. Yeah. So the See? song is out now. And so we're, it's we're jamming. Happy on it. Friday, everybody. <laughs> happy not <laughs> Thursday night at like eight thirty. Everybody. <laughs> um. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm in. Hello? I'm living in Friday. What are you? What oh, okay. Are, yeah, I'm. I'm living in Friday. Are you still in Thursday? Yeah, so our song came out today, and we're really excited. <laughs> uh, I was especially stoked when, like, I'm, I'm stoked when anybody asked me to, to be on a song, a feature on a song, but you guys being such close friends, it was, it was a little bit more uh, personal. A lot of these bands that I end up featuring with, I don't really know them at first. And, you know, I end up meeting the band and all that. But, like, known you guys for a long time, so this is really cool. And um, I just, I really dug the, uh, <laughs> A, the musical portion. Like, the music of the song, to me, is very throwback to, you know, what got us all into this, the the earth, the mid 90s reggae rock sublime and um you know 311 kind of styles going on there and the the lyrical content is basically you know you're expressing a frustration that a lot of us uh i don't want to say older guys because there are guys in the game that are definitely older than us and been doing it longer but, but we've been doing it for a while now and there's you know there's just a lot of uh frustration that goes along with that and this was a chance for both of us to sort of get that shit off our chest and i appreciate it i really like how your verse you um kind of talked about the the groundhog day part of it like the the load in load out the the exhaustion having to perform yeah. night to night and the crowd you know should know no no different they should just see a great show you know every night and yeah. so we're expected to do that and there's this grind that people don't necessarily think about or realize you know like we do they just go to see the show yeah. you know and, um, and you know there's sort of a nod to the the janky promoter that even though you had a great show they they decided they were tired and went home and didn't pay you before they left, and then you have to call them at two in the morning and be like, "Hey, come back here and pay me, motherfucker!" <laughs> like that shit happens all too often, and you know the fans don't know about it, and I, I really go into detail about it. But it's like, you know, just sometimes you got to line around the block and sold out show, and still at the end of the night, you're dealing with a lot of petty bullshit. Just depends from promoter to promoter. A lot of a lot of promoters are great, but you know, yeah. every now and then you come across the ones that just have no clue, and uh, they make your job a little harder. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> there's that, and you know, like the the, the fact that it's, it's we do the same thing every day in a different place. But you know, for us, sometimes it can be monotonous, but. It's the fans, the the changing of the, the the faces and the crowds and the the scenery that keeps it interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and hopefully there's yeah there's energy, you know. Um, 
I'm, I'm and and I often do feel like a renegade, just like driving on the open road out, mostly out west, like driving on those roads, and you know, I feel like I'm a easy rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, the the song came about. It was like I'm gonna go into detail this probably next week on a, on a podcast about the song, but um, it was uh, it was the idea like renegade, the idea of like going against um, the belief or like the ideas of an institution, um, you know, like the nine to five and, and yeah. this whole belief that this whole thing that we're raised to think that we need to, you know, go to college, get a job and, and then mm-hmm. collect secu- social security and die, you know, get married, have kids, all that, like that whole thing. Like it's just, you're taught that from a kid. This is what you're supposed to do. Right. And then, you know, when you have an, an artistic idea and it's like you dare to go that route, you know, you encounter all of, the, all of these um, adversities along the way because it's, it's, you're going against the grain. It's not what was intended for you. You come across family members that are like, you're not going to do this your whole life, are you? It's like, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, I am. Like, what? I, it's it's hard for some people to I don't know I have a great family a lot of most of my family members are very supportive but you know you come across people sometimes that are just like all right so you know this is what you were doing in college and stuff like when are you gonna grow up and it's like they don't fucking know the half of what actually goes into it so you just smile and you're like yeah I don't know <laughs> but you know it's it's a real job. It's not a nine to five job, but it's a, it's a real job. And we're, we're benefiting from, you know, all of our, our own talents, using our talents to, to get us places. Like it's really the only way I want to do it. I, I never wanted to be part of working for somebody else and, you know, having to be there at a certain time every day and you know looking forward to the weekend to be off like i love our mondays and tuesdays off there's like nobody doing anything anywhere and it's just it's peaceful weekends don't mean shit to us because we play on the weekends so it's like we we live a very opposite lifestyle yeah it's um i I don't have time for small minds you know like for you know when it when it's in my when that's, that shit is aimed in my direction, like, you know, uh, just like you said, there's family members or there's, um, there's people that you meet along the way or, yeah. or whatever that, you know, are living that, that life that they think they're supposed to live, you know, because maybe it's secure, you know, or, or whatever, or it's what was expected, you know, it's just, right. I was never that guy. Like I, I'm from an early age, I just knew there was like, I don't want to work for anyone. I'm going to make my own fucking rules and I'm going to do the things that I want to do. I want to, I want to make things and, you know, whether that's music or films or drawing or, or, or whatever podcast now, you know, it's like, I don't know, people, people don't think that they, they don't realize or think that they can do anything like that. So they just sort of settle, I think. And I think there are a lot of people that, that really would love to do something like this or something that's just not, the norm, you know, something that they've got the cool, this cool idea, but they just don't have the, 
either the know-how or the drive to pursue it, you know? And I'm so happy that I just found it so young and just, just went with it. Sure, yeah. Um, and so that's what this song is about. And the, you know, the tools are out there. It's just, you know, it, they're, it's, do you feel like seeking them out yeah. and utilizing them? So yeah, the tools are out there, especially now nowadays. Like you got a production studio in your pocket, you know. Yeah. There's really no excuse that you can't just, you know, make an acoustic song with GarageBand or your voice notes and put it on Spotify tomorrow. Not that I think that's the best idea, but it's definitely possible. People do it. People <laughs> do do it. Yes, they do. Um, I think there's something magical about that. Maybe you know you could get a. It might not be the best quality, but maybe it's just, I don't know, the vibe might be right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's all about just uh, pursuing the dream, pursuing the, the thing that you want to do. And you have to be willing to accept the, uh, the hard times that come with that, with a decision like that, by going down a path that, like that. It can, be, it can be super hard and like exhausting and make you angry just like anything else you know then you have to remember sure. that, like you know what's the alternative it's you going to be you know a bartender or going to wait tables or do you know stock trucks at warehouses you know the, all the things that i did you know before all yeah. this and well actually while i was doing this i just you know um you know you just have to be willing to to deal with all that and if you can't then it's probably not the right place for you you know it's it's not for everybody Mm -mm. and some people end up realizing that and you know pull themselves out of the situation i don't fault anybody for doing that and some people might say we're crazy for for staying with it all this time um but you know we see we see results it's slow but we start to see growth and we start to see stuff happened for us and and it it eggs us on to to keep going you know it's like uh, it's like anybody's job when you you get a promotion or cool stuff happens at work like it it makes you want to go back to work the next day it's it's the same thing but it's it's different in that like our work is what a lot of people view as fun yeah and that's where the that's where the split is. Is people are like, oh, but you just go up there and you play music. You love playing music, so it's like not even a job. It's like, well, that's only like an hour out of the day <laughs> on a you know on a twenty four twenty five day tour where you're doing that for an hour every day. What do you think I'm doing the rest of the day? It's like I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not complaining. I wouldn't rather do anything else. It's great. It's We've met so many incredible people and done so many cool things because of the music. So it, it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely not like a you know people have the nine to five, but we have you know we're working like eighteen hours a day. You know, really, when you think about it, because for like three weeks straight, yeah, because you're not home. Yeah, like yeah. if you get to go home in between work hours, you know that's. That's a day, and then you go home, and then a day, and you go home. But like, you're gone for three, four weeks. Like, 
that you're working for four weeks, basically. You're, you're not home. You're at work for four weeks. Yeah, and you're, you're doing, like, for, for us, it's like you might be fucking off in the van or something while you're driving or, or you know, whatever, traveling, but it's still, like, I don't think people understand what it means to, um, to be in that situation, to, to actually travel every single day, sometimes, you know, from anywhere from two to eight hours, you know, most days, sometimes 10 yeah. or 12 depending on where you're going, especially when you get out west. And to do that every day, you know, you wake up every morning after probably having some drinks and, and staying up late, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and getting up to do that the next night, it's, it's crazy, you know. And people have always asked me, like, how do you do it? Like, I, was, I mean, I always tell my answer is, like, I just don't think about it. I just get up and I just go and do what I'm supposed to do. That, that's just what we do. And yeah. There's no... You know, and every few days, yes, you start to feel it, especially after like a week. After like a week or two on tour, you start to really feel like, okay, like, yeah, this kind of sucks a little bit, you know. Um, I've brought like best friends out on the road for, you know, a couple days. They'll be like, I want this show and this show and this show. I'm just going to come to all of them and and hang out. After like three shows, they're like, yeah, I'm out of here. I don't know how the fuck you're going on the next. When I come home from tour, they're like, I don't know, like you said, I don't know if I, I don't know how you do any of that, but, uh, you know, welcome home, having a barbecue, come over, that kind of shit. I don't know how UFC fighters, you know, get oh stoked God. about getting punched in the face, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, obviously that's not what it is. It's not about that. But, like, I, you know, how do they do it? How do, you know, it's, yeah. I think about that yeah. a lot. Every time I see, you know, Clay fight, I'm like, why you just like you're just fighting another dude in front of people and like you're bleeding and shit it's crazy um you know but it's just it's something that you just condition yourself for and you don't yeah. think about it like that you know when you're on the outside um you you see all this stuff but when you're the one doing it it it's just what you're supposed to be doing exactly yeah it's it's uh i i I got my medical marijuana card in uh, Maryland recently, and uh, um, just like in Florida, apparently you're not like ADHD is is what I went there and, and asked them for the card about, and uh, they said they they can't prescribe. The woman said I can't prescribe for that unless it's part of a PTSD thing. And I was like, well. Let me explain the last 16, 16 years of my life. Like, you know, PTSD yeah. can apply. I, you know, I'm not going off to war, but like, you know, a couple times every tour, we get in some kind of like auto situation that's scary as fuck. Or, you know, we get up on stage in front of a disgusting amount of people that, you know, I throw up in my mouth a little bit before we go on stage and it's like, very, very much anxiety just being pushed down while we're trying to do our thing. Um, you know, just the, all the things that, that happen behind the scenes, like with, with the van and the vehicle and stuff. But, you know, I, I explained to her, I was like, I have plenty of PTSD from, from just being all over the world all the time for the last fucking 16 years. She was like, I hear you. 
but I, I can't do it. And so I went to another guy and he was like, I hear you. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so you gotta, you gotta go to the right guy. Yeah, so. but, I'd always heard it was like super easy. Uh, my, my foot hurts and I need my weed and they'd be like, okay, here you go. Yeah, it, it really is that easy in most places, but I ended up having to sort of like go into the details with this one lady and she still wasn't having it, but she was like, Oh, what's your band? I'll come check it out. <laughs> You're never going to know who my band is. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Give me my weed. Uh, we're called pacifier. Oh, Oh, I see why you're trying to get weed. Card. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I, I'll, I can get mine soon. I just haven't, I've been lazy and haven't done it. Um, I just want to get, I don't really smoke weed that much. I just want to be able to buy some like good CBD stuff. And it's, I've got it at a dispensary like 10 minutes from my house now. Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. My mom just got her medical marijuana card and she's been having some really tough back issues and she's been to acupuncture and all kinds of crazy stuff. And finally the doctor was like, maybe you should try medical cannabis. And she's been doing just like the five milligram gummies twice a day and she was afraid that she would be stoned all the time and i was like mom it's 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 engineered now so that you know you get all the good stuff and just a little bit of the get high stuff and you don't really feel it that much and she doesn't i mean she's she said she definitely notices it but she's like i remember smoking weed in the 70s and everybody was just zonked out this is totally different and you know, it's crazy to see your parents going and getting, she got her card before me, but, um, you know, I, it's, it's really cool that it's coming around now in a place where in a state where I've been arrested twice for, for something that now I'm legally allowed to carry, which is, you know, I guess that's how it, it goes. But, uh, it's, it's interesting coming back here to Maryland after 18 years and seeing all the, the that have come about tons of breweries now all over. Um, like Maryland's got a really good vibe, man. I'm glad to be back in Maryland. Yeah, man. Maryland's great. I've, I've never really seen a reason to leave. Um, so I, especially like the town I live in, Havity Grace, it's right on the water. Um, the Susquehanna yeah, River. Water's key. Yeah. And go out on the boat with friends every summer. And um, I don't know, just good vibes, you know? Just yeah, good, I just, just got my vibes. boater's license too, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. Should come down here, bring the family down here, and we'll do a boat day. I would love my to do that. My mom's got a boat. would love to do that. Yeah, I'm always, uh, people ask me to do stuff all the time. And I'm just like, I just feel like I, I can never get away. Like, I don't ever want to make plans, you know, because I'm, I'm just, I know I'm always you. doing something like that's business related. Yeah. When I'm home, you probably feel the same way, but when I'm home, I really don't have any desire to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. It's hard. It's hard for me to people to get me out. You know, it's, we're yeah. just gone so much. And it's like, I don't want to leave. I just want to stay here. Like, I just want to, like, I love that I can work from home. You know, and like the most that I do is like 
take my kids to school and come back and I just start working, yeah. you know, like eight thirty in the morning. It's like, um, I don't know. I got a, I got a good thing here. Good little, uh, situation, yeah. you know, I make a little routine. So I woke up this morning, uh, Pacific dub and Reese, the Reese brothers are on floor together and they stayed on their days off here at my house oh, cool. and they went and played in Virginia Beach last night and then Kyle told me Kyle our merch guy is their tour manager now and uh, like, yeah we're going to come back up here and stay tonight and then drive to New Jersey tomorrow so I was like yeah cool we'll leave the door unlocked well we fell asleep and left the door locked and I woke up at six o'clock this morning and looked outside and saw their band. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but they they've only been there for a couple hours. But uh, it's been a revolving door of bands coming in and staying down here. We, we had Ayatar and Pacifier here like last month. And uh, have you heard of the band Neverending Fall? Yeah, yeah, we've worked with them a bunch. They're, they're from up in your area. They're really awesome. They're young kids. They're great. They've been coming down here to record over the last two months or so. And uh, those sessions are, are awesome. They're like super jazz talented. They're, they're all in the, the jazz program at, at Towson or music program at Towson. Um, they're all like studying to be conductors. So they like conduct each other while they're playing and stuff. It's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. And the music is just, it's way different from what I'm used to working with. It's, it's, I'd say they asked me like, what's our, what's our genre? Cause you know, they don't even know. And I don't know, but I would say it's more like Neo soul kind of stuff. Um, I, I kind of compare it to Jamiroquai a little bit. I listened to some Jamiroquai the other day and I was like, yeah, this is about that same kind of vibe. But, uh, that's, that's sort of more recently what I've been doing down here in the studio is working on their stuff. And it's been pretty, pretty fun. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. You've got it all set up there. Now is, is it the, the passive farm, right? At the passive farm, the passive princess farm. Anne, Maryland. We're, we're set up right now. We just set up uh, drums and Nick comes in tomorrow. Will's here now. And Mike comes in tomorrow. We're going to do, uh, we're going to try and record our own shit. We've been going to studios for the last, I don't know how long, uh, five albums. And uh, like we were talking about earlier, we, the tools are out there. And we just decided to go ahead and, and use the tools that we've been collecting over the years and try and do it ourselves. Yeah. I actually have had that conversation with uh, with Nick before about um, <clears throat> for us uh, when we did detonate it was like by the time that it was kind of st- it was time to start recording a new record I had just gotten to a point where I was like you know we've worked with some really great producers we've we've recorded in some really cool places you know on, we've we both done Sonic Ranch. You guys have been yeah. there multiple times. Um, it's a great experience, but I don't know. It's just more control in your own space, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is good to get away and and record in a different place and just sort of get a different vibe for sure. And um, and it's great working with talented people um, to help you, 
you know, hopefully bring your vision out. Um, but uh, I just started feeling myself like that I could, man, we could do this on ourselves, on our own. Like we don't need other people. Like at least that's how I felt for at that point in time in uh, yeah. late, late 2017. I was like, we don't, we don't need somebody to tell us what, how this part should go or what it just, I, I just, I felt so confident in myself as a, as a producer, like I can produce this band. Like I've done this for 24 years of my life. You know, detonate sounds like nobody else told you what to do, honestly. <laughs> uh, and, and like we've talked about it before and we've worked with producers that don't necessarily tell you what to do. They tell you how to do something if you want to do something a certain way. Right. But like, um, you know, it, I, I could tell on detonate that you guys went back to your roots. You, you, you just did your thing, you know? And I think a lot of, I, you know, I talk, I talk to your fans. We, we talk about your music. They talk about our music. It, it's, a, you know, our, like I said, our fans are pretty much one of the same. So I've, I've talked to a few of your fans about Detonate. And a lot of them say, this is the one that like brings me back to why I like Valley Who in the first place. So, you know, I, I kind of agree. I think it, it's, it's really uh, a reflection of, of, you learning a bunch of shit over the years and then applying it to doing your own thing instead of having somebody else direct you. Oh, well, I appreciate and that. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. I think you guys totally have it in you, man. There's, there's, I think between all of you, the combined knowledge, you've all been in the studio multiple times and, you know, Will does his stuff on the side and, and, and Goose is always, always fucking around with some instrument on Instagram, you know, like, um, yeah, you know everybody's good at what they do, and you know you you got your own studio. I mean, to me, there's no reason to go anywhere else. You know, yeah, it's like you finally got to that point where you have your own space <clears throat> on your on your farm, and you uh, you have everything you need to make the thing you want to make. You know, it's just yeah. you know how to write songs. You know, so uh, to me, it just feels like a no brainer. The big difference between like my studio in Florida was functional. It served a purpose. You know, we're right there near a school and a hospital and a fire station and a gas station and a mechanic shop. All of those things make a lot of noise. And, you know, I tried my best to soundproof that studio, but out here, there's no noise. we're so far from everyone and we can stay up as late as we want and play as loud as we want. And that makes a big difference. And the space that we have here, there's just, there's a lot more space to move around a, but space for like, you know, room tone for drums and space for isolation for, for amps and stuff. So we're working with a better scenario this time around. And I think we can, I think we really can start turning shit out of here. Stuff for you guys, man. That's that's the one thing that I'm missing is uh, is a place to do drums. Like, I've got. I'm right down the road, man. Come on down. <laughs> I know. Well, I have I have Donald all set up now at his house because he he jams at his house, and we just we just bought all this new yeah. <clears throat> all these new all this new gear and stuff like mics and oh yeah, he did he set up his basement mm-hmm. like yeah. <clears throat> set, up, set, up, set up the basement. We've already already made a record 
<clears throat> already made a record there for another band. Um, Donald played drums on it, and uh, he tracked, I think. Yeah, what was that? Five of the nine songs, I think. Um, uh, th- uh, this guy, Russ Baum and uh, Chris Carasales, um, they've got a band called Meager Kings from Ohio. And up in like uh, Port Clinton area, like they always go out on uh, uh, Putin Putin Bay. Um, but uh, they just Russ has been playing for a long time as a solo artist, and they they oh, I know who you're talking about. It's um, Chris Chris uh, from uh, Trailer Park Ninjas. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, it's um, I think he had something to do with that band. Um, He's like a pro, he does he's been promoter up there. He's like puts shows on up yeah. there, like Port Clinton. His brother is Patrick, the guy that does merch or has done merch for Resonated. Yeah, yes. I I know who you're talking about now. I was talking to him. He called me. He was there. He asked me if I wanted to come up and and do a feature. And I was like, that's actually like two and a half hours from my house, and I got stuff to do. But I remember when that was going down a couple weeks ago. That's cool. Right on, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, we've been working with them, them for a while now, um, since, I don't know, like fall, I think, when we started tracking. And um, we we finished tracking, and uh, they ended up just asking me to mix the record, so I'm doing that right now. Nice. Yeah, so it's nice, man. It's like I've got, like, the whole situation here, um, the, everything I need. I've got a nice production studio, um, and it's just that having i, w- I want to have my own spot for drums you know donald has this spot which which is great so we can just and now that we've got gear over there we can just i can just i don't have to take all my shit with me i just go over there you know and just record and, yeah. and bring it back um the yeah. laptop but uh <clears throat> but the the dream definitely is to um hopefully in a, in a couple of years actually get a get a bigger house and have a separate spot on the grounds that i can set up a studio in like a full on you know and just do that's it. eventually be what I want to do out here too. Like I've basically taken over half the house as the studio, but eventually we'd like to have it, it separate from the house and, you know, build it from the ground up with my own specifications and build it to be a studio instead of trying to fit a studio into a house. Now for the section where we pay the bills. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, I got inspired by uh, John Feldman's place when when we did the uh, the Halo song with him back in 2014. Right. It, it was like he had this this nice house that we never went in the house. It was all you know across the yard. There was this other building, and he had his whole place yeah. in there. And it was like like a little um, like I don't know. It was like a, a good size control room. He had a good size live room, and then there was like this. Uh, you walk in the front door there and it's like the kind of like a chill lounge area with a table to eat and like a fridge and, you know, drinks and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it was, it was just a cool situation, man. It was, it was, um, I was like, man, that, that'd be, that'd be dope to like have the house, you know, cause I, I prefer like to have like it separate, you know, cause I don't want people walking, just random people walking to my house and you know, the family and all that. I just want to have a separate spot for that kind of shit, you know? Yeah, and um, so hopefully we'll get there. And I, I only really work with like people I know and trust anyway. It's not like I'm bringing random strangers in. But, yeah, um, but, I mean, I've I've brought strangers in and I told them to stay at an Airbnb. You know, right? But that was that was when I didn't have space. 
And, uh, like, now if a band, like, flies to here to record, I have space. We have, like, extra bedrooms and a loft and, like, just a ton of places for people to sleep. So that's kind of something that I want to, like, that I am including now in the recording package. And eventually we want, Bree and I want to make it like, you know, sort of like a full on hospitality package where you tell us what kind of food you like. We go out and we get it and we cook and we clean all that while you're, while you're here. It's like a bed and breakfast kind of situation, but a recording studio. And it's sort of like Sonic Ranch, but on a much smaller scale. Um, but you know, that's, that's going to take, uh, both of us not being on crazy tour schedules all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's a dream for the future for sure. Yeah. It's, it's good to, uh, think about the future and, and set a goal for yourself and sort of, you know, put yourself on the path. It's, um, for me, it's been, um, a long time coming, you know, I remember back, I was like 18, 19 years old and, uh, a friend of mine would, get a hold of a four track or something and I'd be like, dude, let me borrow it just for a couple hours. You know, like I just didn't have anything yeah. to record on back then. And it was just, it was awful. Cause I had all these ideas and no way to get them out. And, um, in some, some form that I could keep it. And, uh, I <laughs> so I would just like borrow whatever I could, any kind of gear that I could and learn how to use it real quick and record ideas. You know, now it's, you can take your your phone and just sing it into your voice notes, and that's it. You've got it. It's there forever in the cloud. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild, man. Songwriters, uh, you know, of today will never know the uh, the struggle <laughs> of like not having the anything to to get your ideas out. You know, the way you want. It's something now that like people have to think about in their will, like there are ideas in my phone that I don't really want people to hear, you know, it's like me in my car going, doom, doom, dee, dum, dum, doom, dee, dum, like trying to get a baseline down. Yeah. And if you listen to it out of context, it probably just sounds like, you know, I'm just very stupid, but, um, you know, that's something now when people pass away it's like they they leave behind also a a voice memo bank that may have you know some crazy stuff in there and that's uh some people have to think about now it is wild let alone all your facebook stuff and that crap nick nick has a, a business idea i think there's already something like this but it's like he wants to start a company that uh, automatically like erases your Facebook when you die so that all your secrets die with you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I don't know. That's uh, not a bad idea. Um, yeah. If you got secrets on Facebook, <laughs> not a bad idea, I guess. I was thought I it'd be, I was thought it'd be like, I've gone down this weird rabbit hole. Like somebody like, uh, Neil Armstrong, like how he was like the first guy to walk on the moon, or at least that's what we were told. And like, so, and we believed all these years that we, we went there because the Russians were trying to, trying to do it. And we were like, we got to beat him at something. And we finally, you know, okay, we did, we did the moon first. Fuck off everybody. Right. And then, <laughs> and like, so 
Um, you watch those like conspiracy videos about like where they're in their interviews and they just look really like there's all these different theories about how it's not possible for back then and like radiation yeah. and all the shit. And, uh, that it was staged. <laughs> yeah, it was all staged. And um, yeah. I always had this I- idea, this thought of like, what if you could like, I don't know, what if there was a, a way you could record like a video for YouTube like that for a guy like Neil Armstrong to confess that like, we never really did it. They put me up to it. They said they were going to kill my family if I told anybody different. Or, yeah. you know, that, you know, so I had to maintain all these years. And like, I'm about to die, whatever. And like, it's like the moment, like you could link it somehow to where, like, the moment your heart stops, it goes live. You know, like that's the kind of weird yeah. thoughts that I have. Like, so fucking yeah, weird. I mean, but those are real things that people are working on in a lab somewhere for sure. Oh, so weird. Like, you gotta know somebody. If you can think of it, somebody is in a lab has already thought about it and is and is trying to figure it out. <laughs> There's people because all the shit we have now was that, like. 15, 20 years ago, somebody was in a lab like, man, I wonder if we could look at each other on these devices and talk to each other straight, you know, with, with no delay, perfect sound and very clear video. And now we have that and we take it for granted and we do it all the time. It's not even like a stigma, but when FaceTime first came out, it was like, oh my God, are we on Star Trek? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, um, yeah. So what you're saying is there's like there's like a group of like 20 year olds that are like flatlining each other, recording videos, flatlining each other, and bring each other back back to life, seeing if their YouTube video went live, like experimenting. If they're not, testing. there's a Netflix there's a Netflix movie being made about it. <laughs> there definitely is. So uh, there's a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Great yeah, it is wild. Yeah, I've 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 caught a few of those uh, episodes. Definitely some weird stuff. The one about how you can um, rate each other, and if your stars go down yeah. below a certain limit, like you can't get anything, yeah. like you're just shunned. That's wild. That's very like telling of what it, it, it's very much like our times. It's basically what what's happening right now. Just but I mean China's already doing like, like they're they already they already have this rating system and like if you if you uh, really yeah yeah I was just heard about this the other day actually it was like a CNET thing um there's this whole they're doing this thing now where like you get rated and then um if you're associated with anybody that has a low rate you get a low rate like it's this whole thing about trying to keep people uh you know look you know just a, a nice society like what a fucking yeah. crazy twilight zone thing like yeah and they're yeah they're talking about trying to expand it shit is crazy. it's just like i don't know it it defeats the purpose of of human interaction and empathy and all, all the things that we should be using instead of our phones to to interact with <laughs> other human beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is the world we live in now. It's like you're, you know, you are having a it conversation, is. but it's over the phone. It's really weird. Yeah, I know, I know. I can't escape it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like off the grid guy, 
by any means, even though I, my internet is like fucking satellite. That's the only internet I can get out here. And it's, it's all right. It's not great. I'm not going to say the name because, uh, I don't want them to sue me for talking about them on your show, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's just okay. So it's like, um, I do, I, I end up missing calls. My service on my phone is horrible inside the house. So I end up missing calls all the time, which is great for me. I'm just like, Oh, nobody's bothering me today. It's cool. And then I get like, a half a mile from my house in my car and like 10 missed calls just pop up like, Oh crap. <laughs> Where have you been? People are many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is, <clears throat> I've on occasion either forgotten my phone at home or, or it dies or something. And like, there is this or, or like you're driving and, you don't have service like in Wyoming for like hours and it's like kind of a cool feeling. It's like there's, you're not bothered by anything, yeah. you know, you're not constantly looking at something and it's, it's crazy. And you can say it all you want. Like, all right, I'm going to lay off of this thing. But it's like, there's this, there's this inclination to just grab it and look at it every couple minutes. Yeah. Like not even, probably not even a couple, yeah. probably less than a minute. You're back on it. You know? Absolutely. It's an addiction for sure. Yeah, something. I try to leave it like I've been, I got a riding lawnmower. We, we got a lot of grass to mow out here and I left my phone inside the house today. We, we did some gardening and left my phone inside the house the whole time we were doing that. And it was just like, I don't need to be distracted by whatever anybody is trying to message me on any kind of format right now i'm outside in nature just don't care what time it is don't care what day it is just having fun being a human being out of here and then come in the house and look at my phone and there's like you know fuck ton of messages and i have to go through all of it right back in it yeah yeah well, it's just I, like I don't know. everybody should take time to put their phone somewhere else and just go do something without your phone for a while. I I strongly recommend it. Yeah, it's definitely a, a good thing. Um, as busy as I am, even I can, you know, put it down for a little bit, and I I take much pleasure in it because <laughs> it's it's just constant. Yeah. It's just like a barrage, man. Just like always. Mm -hmm. Like I just started up that. Oh my god! I just got back on Facebook again. Like it wasn't even like. I just saw it as a way to like <clears throat> connect with people that, you know, are listening to the music and stuff because not everybody's on Instagram. Everybody's in different places. And, um, I thought it'd be a nice way to like, just be in touch. And there were, I had five years of friend requests of just, Oh yeah. It was. And then as soon as I like started going through them, it's just more would show up and more. So every day now it's like 70 or 80 more every day. And, there's a 5,000 cap. I know. It's going to be done soon, for sure. I've, I'm, I'm up around 2,500 already. and uh, I, I got there at one point, and then I went through, and I looked at like all the people. I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know <laughs> you. This is definitely a bot. This is the company. I don't even know who they are. Some random reggae radio station from somewhere. I don't know. Like cleared out a lot of it, and... Since then, I haven't had nearly as many friend requests, 
but uh, I don't know. It's kind of annoying when people are like, hey, uh, I tried to friend request you, but says you're too full. You must be too cool Too cool to be my friend. I'm like, no. It's not. <laughs> Just I had like the auto accept on for a while. Yeah. No, I just go through and hit because I actually had I definitely had to like delete some because there were clearly like bots, you know, fake accounts. And, yeah, yeah, it's weird. But no, I just they're listening it. to us right now. They are listening who, to us. Who, whoever, if you clicked on that, they're listening to every conversation on your phone. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's just one thing after another. So you know, I just added another platform that I need to respond to people and. That just can just yeah. be so time consuming, because I, I want to get everybody. I want to reach everyone. If you're if you're taking the time to post on my page or my band's page, you know it's like I need to reciprocate. I need to give you that time back. And even if it's a little fucking, yeah. you know, rock and roll devil horns emoji or, or whatever, like just to take the time that I that I saw your message. Like I just want people to know that because I think that's important, man. I think it's important to stay in touch and. You know, we definitely live in an age where it's just sort of, I don't know, I guess expected maybe that you you need that you can be in touch with your your favorite artist. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's definitely some guys. I, I, I can reply to Billy Joe Armstrong all day long. He'll never get back to me. And that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I think a lot of the artists of today, a lot of the newer artists or bands that never blew up in, you know, the 2000s and 90s, it's a completely different ballgame now. And I think it's very mm-hmm. important that everybody stays in touch. And, um, you know, I, I think, I, I don't know if it's like, uh, it's necessarily like your fans have a right to be able to talk to you. I don't think it's like that. I just feel like um, it, it's it's considerate. It's nice. It just shows that you're you're down to earth and you're not above it. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, in a way, they do have a right to reach out and talk to you because we we put our music in their face and they accepted it and they they you know they celebrate it so if even even some of the the dumbest questions like when are you playing in my town next and we just played there last night uh (laughs) You know, it, yeah. those happen all the time, but you got to respond and be like, oh man, sorry you missed it. Um, hopefully we'll be back in the next couple months. You still, you still got to respond. It, you know, it's, you get a billion bands asking, can I open for this show? Can I open for this show? And I have, you know, a stock answer for that. It's just like, please contact the venue. Um, you know, go from there. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think a lot of younger bands assume that just the band members book the shows themselves and so they message us directly and say put me on the show and that's you know that's that's definitely another thing i was thinking about when you had that episode about like you know bands getting started and what to do and what not to do it's like you don't hit up the band and ask if you can open up for them because usually there's some kind of booking agent management talent buyer all that involved and we don't really have anything to do with it. Like we just we show up and we play the shows that we're booked to play. Sometimes we get to choose who we play with. Like we get we get to play with you guys in the summertime, so that's great. Yeah. But you know, for as a first of three on our shows, at least, like you know, it's really up to the promoter and who they think is going to sell tickets and all that. Um, 
but you still got to respond to those, you know, in the, in the kindest way you possibly can and, and tell them that you're stoked that they want to open up and tell them that like, you know, here's the right way to do it. Good luck. Hope, hope it works out. Right. I think I was getting that at getting at more like uh, entitlement. Like there's a, there's a fine line between like, yeah, they have a right to be able to get in contact or whatever with you, but then there's this level of yeah. entitlement sometimes and like some, sure. some attitude, put some stank on Absolutely. it, you know, and you gotta be Absolutely. like, you gotta be like, whoa, 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 relax. <laughs> like I'm a fucking human being. Yeah. You know, the, the sense of entitlement, you've heard this before. I paid for a ticket. So hook me up with some merch. Right. That really bothers me when I, when I hear people say that, like, yeah, the ticket was the show. You pay a show. Now the t-shirt costs another, you know, $25, whatever. Most people know that if you come up to it and, and most people know that paying for merch helps the band get along to the next city. So most people are cool, but every now and then there's the one guy that comes up. It's like, all right, I paid for a ticket. What do I get for free? Like, yeah. why are you so entitled? Why do you feel entitled to that? I don't, I don't know, bro. You know, this is how we survive, right? This is how we live. This is how we're able to get back here and do this. You know? Yeah. This is how we pay those guys that are handing us guitars on stage and selling the merch and doing all the other shit that you don't really see because you're just having a good time. Yeah. But, um, that's how we want it to be. Don't get me wrong. We want them to just have a good time and not see all the behind the scenes. But at the same time, they got to understand we got to pay them somehow. And merch is, is a great way to do that. It's and still a I just, yeah. You know, if you're my friend, I've known you for years and you most, but the thing is most of my best friends are like, please let me pay for it. Yeah. Please they, let me pay for it. They wouldn't even ask for it. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Entitlement. That chapter was called entitlement. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely seen it all, man. Absolutely, um, but uh, we haven't seen everything because the brouhaha 2019 is coming up, and uh, I have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna try some new things together. Yeah, are we gonna um, are we gonna try to do a cover? A yeah. Yeah, we almost like that's that, that is a requirement, I think, of the brouhaha. I think so too. We just got to get everybody up there and do something cool. What did we do before we did last time we were with you guys? We did cake. We did cake. Yeah. And I got it right most nights. Um, Definitely a few nights that I didn't get it right. We did Green Day that one, I think, like. The second brouhaha we did, we did a Green Day cover. Yeah, came up and sang it. Yep, long um, Yeah, um, you guys did. I don't know. Uh, you guys did uh, the, the Space Hog song like recently, right? So Space Hog, yeah. Meantime, in the meantime, yeah. Nice. That's a fun one. That's definitely a fun cover. But it's it's one of those where like people either know it or they don't, and if they don't, they're like. Hey, is that going to be on the new album? <laughs> like, uh, no, but um, you should check out Space Hog. <laughs> yeah, we we we've come to notice that like if we play songs from the '90s, that most yeah. people don't know what it is. Um, we like did that Green Day song for a long time. Um, the Armitage Shanks. We even covered it and 
released it. It's on the Spotify's yeah. and like, and uh, people, most people still didn't know it, and um, it was so weird for me. That's why we got to do a song that everybody knows. Yeah, That's the stipulation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be something that everybody can get in on. Um, yeah, uh, you know, for I think for maybe us, maybe a more recent cover. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like something, cover. something that's from the last like five or ten years, rather than twenty years. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. I'll yeah. start. We'll start researching. We're we're, we're actually going to be trying to figure out a cover in the next couple of days. So, uh, if we think of something for the Brodio. We'll we'll shoot it your way. Okay. Yeah. Please do. I'm always bad at that. And we were supposed to do some of the Expendables, and we just never did. And Raul called. He's like, you know, we're never going to do this, right? I was like, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he he would be the one that called say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I kept trying to pitch him songs. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, all right, well, I'm out of yeah. ideas. What do you got? Uh, they were like, I don't know. Let us know, though. <laughs> yeah. I we're going to be thinking about it. It's got to be something that the the young the young ones can get down to as well, because mm-hmm. the '90s now are are alienating them. It's classic. They're all dude. born in the '90s. It's classic rock or whatever now. <laughs> yeah, it could either be like classic rock something before they were born that their parents listened to, or something like in the last five ten years. Dude, we're getting to we're getting to where like fucking. Limp Bizkit and System of a Down are classic rock soon. <laughs> like, it's just that shit's crazy. Wild to me, man. That's nuts. I mean, Chili Peppers is classic rock. Absolutely, man. Dude, that that first Linkin Park album came out in two thousand. I mean, that's gonna be twenty years old next year. Wow, shit is crazy. <laughs> Linkin Park. My my stepbrother calls Lincoln Park Mountain Dew music. <laughs> For guys named Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> All oh, you man. Kyles. Kyle's Kyle's mad at the drywall again. <laughs> Kyle Kyle is Kenny Bongo's uh, alter ego. When he gets when he gets a little too hammered, he becomes Kyle. Does he put on his his uh his famous stars and straps shirt and and yeah. his, and his uh flat motorsports flat rimmed uh hat trucker hat we're gonna get in trouble for this <laughs> all the kyles and all the guys that wear fox motorsports stuff are now <laughs> some, not guy, some, some guy Sorry, named yeah. kyle right now is listening to this and he's driving he's yeah. so fucking mad he's like what 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 i'm not, I'm not like that like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. All the Kyles. We have, you know, our our merch guy, Kyle. When when somebody ends up going out with Kyle after a show, and then the next day they appear visibly wrecked, it's called getting Kyled. Getting Kyled. Yeah, Kyle will not let you stop. If you decide to go drinking with him, you're on a roller coaster. You're strapped in. You don't get out till the ride's over, and that's called getting Kyle. That's why I go back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get Kyle too much. Three Eleven Cruise got Kyle quite a lot, but well, it's there's, vacation. 
there's really no reason why not on there. <laughs> yeah, no reason not. I think to. the whole cruise. I think he cowed the entire cruise. Oh, I just don't want to feel like that, man. I I can't feel like that all the time. Like I can't feel like just fucked up and like I was getting like so like three days I was done. I was like, okay, that's it. We got one yeah. more day of this shit. Fuck, you know, like. <laughs> Dude, this year was like six days. Ugh, I know. It was, it was crazy. That seems like a long time. The hospitality was on point, too. Yeah. I was I was very pleased. We were all very pleased with the hospitality on this cruise. So, But that, yeah, that I mean, like, previous? after three days, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> There's really more days. We only, okay. only halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't like uh, me and Danielle were in bed like eleven o'clock every night. You know, like it was just, I was just done. I was over yeah. it, and I would I'd get up in the morning and I don't know. I think we hit the gym like twice while we were there. And, you know, that's what's cool about it though is like you can just go back to your room and disappear for a little while, and the party keeps going. Yeah, you and didn't if miss you want to go back to the party. It's it's still going. Yeah, I, the one thing I fucked up on, and anybody that any band out there that goes on the three eleven cruise in the future. Um, take this advice. Whatever you do, even if you got to take a nap at like eight o'clock at night for a couple hours, um, when everything's over and the bands are done playing and shit, like after midnight, you got to go to the casino and just hang out because that's where everyone goes. Everyone, to where? To the casino. Everyone yeah. goes to the casino, all the artists, all the fans, but especially all the artists. If you're trying to network and meet some people, go to the casino because. I fucked up and missed out on missing a lot of cool people last time. Um, we did the silent disco every night. <laughs> and Those are so I silly. don't know about meeting people. You don't really get to talk to anybody because you're wearing headphones. Right. But just being, it was our artists, fans, everybody all clumped in a room just going apeshit. And that was probably the highlight of the cruise was the 2 a.m. fucking... Uh, what's it called? Head Silent disco, disco for an hour, and then everybody's so tired. Well, we were tired. We went to bed. Everybody else in our crew stayed up long past the Silent Disco every night. But uh, it's vacation. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, man. You got to get that soft serve. Oh hell yeah! You got to pour whiskey in it. <laughs> pour whiskey in it. See, uh, I'm not that rock yeah. and roll, Ted. <laughs> That's Mike things. the Guzman thing. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. He's so Motley Crew. Oh my god. He <laughs> he jumps off of stuff. He throws stuff. He does spin moves. He plays plays guitar like over his head and behind his head and stuff. He's very Motley Crew. You got to have a guy like that in the band, you know. You do. I just wish Mike would grow his hair long longer. He grew his hair long one time, but like I want to see it like, you know, total like hair metal style. And you just go out there and rip it. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Trabadella's guy? His, their yeah. guitar player. He's like get the long yeah. hair and the fucking. And he plays. He plays the flying V too. So it's like yeah, it's, it's all there. It's all there. All, and all and the he shreds. He kills. There. He kills. Yeah, dude, they killed it on the on the cruise. I we've been time, but been a minute since we've played with them and i saw a massive progression in their live show and 
their their songs were tight and everybody was uh everybody seemed to dig them it was it was a good i think that was a good thing for them to be on the cruise they got a lot of exposure and they they rose to the occasion they definitely played a bunch of good sets that's great yeah they're they're good man they're they're entertaining and uh good guys and i don't know we had we had fun with them last summer yeah i don't i i kind of thought they were going to be part of this uh summer thing too but cast out is coming out that's going to be really cool mm-hmm. we've never done shows with cast out actually so it's going to be a new thing oh cool yeah those guys are great too man just they're a solid band and uh they're all they're all good dudes as well and those guys really work hard. They're uh, like they're really good at um, promoting themselves, like, and they just yeah. they just do it. Like there's like Marshall, like the drummer. They're like he's so quick to be like, all right, we got to go, we got to go to the merch table. Let's go right now. Like they're just really good yeah. at, at at working it. And I mean, Cali Roots, man, they were there all day, every day, into the night, pushing their band like signs and all kinds, like Warped Tour style, and. It's just yeah. to have that kind of energy again, <laughs> like you know, that, that, again, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the way. That's the way you have to be, you know. And um, it is when those, you know, when those guys, when those guys start headlining shows and you know bringing out a ton of people, it's it's going to be for a good reason, you know, because they 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 fucking worked it. Greg is really good at talking to people and like just I don't know. Getting you to I think we're doing there. a couple shows with them before we meet up with you guys. You guys are doing, yeah, I think several shows with them before that. Um, like a couple in June and a couple and in July. And Of Good Nature, we got a couple shows with Of Good Nature. I, I really like those guys. I got to record them a couple of years ago, and we all hit it off immediately. And I've seen them around. I'm, I'm stoked to do some shows finally. We have, really haven't done shows. I've just seen them at festivals and stuff. So looking forward to that. We got um, Zach Deputy and and them are doing, we're doing a show in Savannah. On the 7th. Uh, on the 8th. Savannah, Georgia. Uh, hometown, you know, homecoming gig, but there's a new club in Savannah um, that's apparently like a thousand capacity. So we're going to try it out. I just heard about that. Yeah. And then there's another new club opening up too. It's about that same capacity. Um, that's one of our friends, uh, Brendan's little brother, Andrew. Um, that may be how you heard about it. Cause I know Brendan was out with you guys this past weekend. Yeah. Brendan, Brendan's little brother, Andrew is going to help uh, run this new venue that's opening up in Savannah. It's weird because we, you know, we started there, we went to college there, but then our college friend crowd left after college, and then we didn't really play in Savannah a lot for a long time because we were always on the road. So um, we're only in the last like four or five years just getting back to like playing there regularly, and now hopefully we can play there and start actually pulling real numbers and showing the people of Savannah what, what we can do more than because every time we go there, it's the same show. It's like a packed out hundred capacity room. Um, it's a fun time, but room to grow. We need, we need to be able to spread our wings there a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. Um, it's a cool town, too. I remember when we played there, you text me out of nowhere. Hey, here's this fucking four-page guide that I made of all the yeah. cool shit you can do here. I, <laughs> awesome. I just gave that to Scott. He just went and visited Savannah. I just gave that to Scott. I wonder how far he got down on the list. So rad. I went there two weekends ago for a wedding and just, uh, you know, it was cool to be there and not play. Like we, we, every time we've been there since I moved from there, we're playing a show. So I don't really get to hang out with and go to all my spots, but spent a whole weekend there and did all the stuff. And I do miss it. It's a beautiful place, but there were also two shootings while I was there. So Ugh. I was like, oh yeah, this is why I get it's still a very violent city. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah, there was a guy that I went to school with that uh he got killed there. Um he was into some bad shit though. So really? it wasn't yeah, it wasn't necessarily su- surprising, but <clears throat> yeah, it was it was back it was like just a couple years after high school, I think. But um There's- just a lot of senseless violence that happens there that I, you know, I was in St. Pete and there's crime everywhere. There's crime in St. Pete too, but I didn't feel nearly as threatened, um, you know, on a dark street late at night, um, there as I did in Savannah and especially don't feel anything out here in the farm. Like nobody's going to come down my giant driveway and, you know, it's just, it's a totally different thing out here, but, in Savannah, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder and hoping that a uh, person following you is is means well. And yeah. a lot of times recently in, in the last couple of years, they don't. And people are just out doing stupid shit and not, you know, it's gang gang related stuff. People trying to get into gangs and doing all kinds of dumb acts of violence just to be accepted by these people that they think are awesome and it's, it's a dumb vicious cycle that keeps happening and i don't know i think that's that's one thing that's holding savannah back is just you know it hasn't it hasn't really gotten better even though the the town is growing it looks it looks better there's new businesses it, it seems to be progressing on on the outside but you know, for three days, and there was a shooting for two of the two of those three days. And one, I, I was there, like I was walking from the Jinx over to my hotel, and it happened like in City Market, about two blocks away from me. And people started running, and I was like, "Is this really fucking happening right now?" Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like cops showed up, ambulances showed up and that really happened. And then the next day there was a shooting in Midtown and a cop got shot and died. And it was just like, man, there's something wrong. There's like something severely wrong here in this town that needs to be fixed. But I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know all the history, so I don't know how it would be done, but it's sad. Yeah, it's not. I don't have answers for that either. I mean, th- that's how I was in Baltimore. I, whenever I go to Baltimore, man, I'm always like <laughs> looking around, looking over my shoulder and shit. It's just, 
Just it's yeah. fucking nuts, Baltimore man. Baltimore can be pretty fucking shady as well. Yeah, there's some bad parts of that city, man. And um, usually, you know, the Inner Harbor area, which is typically where where we go, because that's where the venues are and stuff. But um, I never cruise up to like Lexington Market or go to. Uh, yeah. I've tri- driven through like East Baltimore a few times, and it's just it's it can get fucking scary, man. And bad shit does happen there. It just sucks, you know. Um, so I just try to get in and get out. When we're around, yeah, stay in the lights and just, you know, get in and get out. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's the one thing. Like Danielle gets worried. Like we travel so much, and all these things happen all over the country all the time. And it's just like, what's that? I mean, one morning I woke up. I don't know what city we were in, and it was. I was walking out of my hotel room, and I was hungover, and I just I. I walked out the door. I made a right. I was going to walk through the parking lot. And like just a car's length away from me um, was like a car pulled up, slammed the brakes. It pulled in front of this other car that was trying to back out of a space. Um, the dude jumps out and he, it was just a dude in normal clothes. He pulls out a gun and he's pointing it at the car and he's going, get the fuck what? out of the car. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, I just like yeah. walked really fast, and, and this other car pulled up real quick behind the behind the car. They, you know, that was trying to pull out, and it was like a real a, like a, a fully dressed cop got out. So I guess he was, this other dude was undercover, but it was it it jarred me, man. It was like yeah. holy shit! Like it was really like a, a car's length away from me, and I didn't at first. I didn't know who they were yelling at. It was just like this weird. It took a minute to process what was happening, and I just I just kept mm-hmm. walking, man. Just like double timed, you know. Got out of there. It's just you're like never that. gonna be prepared for something like that. Yeah. That shit happens at the most random time when you're like you're digging in your backpack for for your headphones or something. Yeah. You're just doing the most mundane random shit, and then all of a sudden something like that happens. You can't be prepared for it. And it, I mean, Danielle's right. There are crazy things happening all over the country all the time. Luckily, we usually stay in one place for the whole like six hours we're there and then we go to some hotel outside of town. Right. So, you know, we're not up in shit all the time, but you know, it, it is scary after, after Vegas and everything. When we play these big festivals, they're definitely, you know, Cal, uh, one love Cali roots was, they were, they were not one love Cali, one love Cali reggae fest. Um, they were patting down hard, you know, they, they, they searched everybody's bands with dogs and everything. And I didn't have a problem with it because, if anybody's trying to come in there and do harm, I don't want them there, obviously. So, yeah. but it's scary. Like it's scary. That makes you think about it when you show up and they're checking for guns and bombs and all that shit. You're like, Oh wow. Yeah. People could do that here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary. Definitely. Yeah. It's a, but you can't live your life in fear. No. You gotta go ahead and no, you gotta do it. Keep moving. Yeah, there's no, uh, you know, because they win otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, no, you got you to gotta, you gotta do your thing, man. And that's just, I don't know, that's the thing about being driven and just not letting anything keep you down for a long time. Like resilience um, resilience and uh, perseverance are usually coupled with, you know, a driven person. They're like the traits of a driven person. And... uh I don't know. I feel like that's how I am, and that's obviously how you are, and, mm-hmm. and your guys. It's just it's a lot that um, that gets thrown at us, and it goes back to 
traveling down that path that you made this this decision to do this and you stuck with it and um you have to be mm-hmm. willing to accept all the hard things that come with it um but i think what gets us through that is the, the all the you know whatever the small and the big successes that we've had with it you know you can play yeah. like you, you all the all the work you do to to get people to that show and it sells out and, and it crushes and it's just like the you guys played the best set ever and just everybody's on this high morale you know it's like that's that's what it's all about you know and um yeah and then just just even, as even much. like a sick off day where you go to like a national park and see some crazy natural wonder that you never thought you would have seen in your life but you happen to be driving by it to to a gig those kind of things will immediately change your attitude about being on tour mm-hmm. and you know you just gotta you gotta see the silver lining in, in everything yeah yeah you can't be miserable about it you have to stay you have to be positive and just sort of like i don't know well this could be a lot worse you know there's got to be yeah yeah you know like i said whenever we have like shows where i feel like i didn't play well or the crowd wasn't into it or something or fuck well you gotta drive like 12 hours on no sleep like it's just it's like well do you want to be at home waiting tables or delivering pizza yeah. like is that what you want to do or do you want to do this we could be thing playing the love? same menu venue every sunday everybody shows up in their separate car yeah <laughs> yeah everybody's got pieces of the drums in, in all their car all their cars yeah, and yeah we we could be back there but we're not yeah and it's it's just crazy to think you know, we definitely everyone in this in our business has done that and has been through that and you know now showing up at a venue and the crew's loading in and you got production house production asking you what you want for your rider and all that stuff it's like did you really think that was going to happen when you first started schlepping your gear around in multiple cars to play at some pizza place? Always dreamt, like, but you know, it's yeah, it, it always dreamt, but like, you know, once it happens, you're like, Oh man, this, this really ain't that bad. This, all that, all that crap we did to get here. This, this makes, makes it all worth it. Yep. Fans come in and bring you like, you know, fans come and bring art work that they made or, you know, food or whatever is it like, it's, it's like, you know, when you're at home and your mom's like, I made your favorite cake or whatever. Like you're out on the road, you're unfamiliar with a lot of things. You're in a new place and somebody shows up with something that they know you're going to like. And it just, you know, it, it, it'll change a day, especially a day when you've been like, you know, you had a breakdown or a flat tire or like, gear didn't work there's still hope at the end of the day when you when you when you go out there talk to your fans at the merch table which is what everybody should do um you you know you you feel the reciprocation finally after after driving all day setting up and playing and and doing all the shit that you were supposed to do then you go sit by the merch table and people come up and they say oh man i love it it's great and that's Job well done. Like that's a great day. Makes that's, it all worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you feel like you hit the big leagues. We shit standing exactly. up around here. Yeah. No, we are. We are in the big leagues now. Yeah. Um, so I hope you guys are ready. Yeah. To, well, uh, you fucking know do we some are. big league shit. Like pissing. Do some big league shit. 
big league shits. Yeah, as as our president would say. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he probably can't spell league. League. <laughs> big league. Big leagues. L I G. Well, uh, on that note, um, I think we'll wrap it up here, man. Uh, I'm cool. re- really stoked to have you uh, on the song, Renegade, which is out now, everybody. Go get that shit, because it's dope. Hell yeah. And your verse is sick. I'm, I'm going to go get it. Go out there and get I don't, it. I don't even think I have a mastered version. I can certainly send it to you. Well, I really like, also, just side note, uh, Real Big Fish horn section absolutely slaughtered it. Dude, how good is that? Oh, it's man. amazing. It's like, it's so powerful. It well, is. They, they, they went to town. This is all it I said. sounds amazing. This is all I said to Matt. I sent him the track, and I go, all right, dude, make it reggae AF. That's all I said. Yeah. And then yeah. a week later, I get that. I was like, holy shit. This is awesome. It was, yeah. He slayed it. Actually, it was very, yeah. very layered, very crisp. Dude, it's just uh, him. It's just him. The other guys weren't yeah. involved. It's just him. He did everything. It's, dude is so talented. It's badass. Yeah, man. He crushed it. Well, and, cheers, yeah. man. Yeah. You got a song out. Got a great song out. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I hope all the fans love it. And, um, yeah, I can't wait for everybody to hear your your dope verse because you crushed that shit. Word. Word. Me too. Awesome, man. Well, uh, take care. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you, you soon. Too. Let me know what we're going to do, what, what song we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, ideas. we'll work on that. And uh, after we get off talking here at some point, I, I'm going to text you. We got to arrange for you and, and the fam to come down and, and do a pool day because the pool is open. Oh yeah, we got to do that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm down, man. Word, word. Well, uh, have a wonderful night, dude. Indeed, you too. Thanks, Howie. You got it, bud. I'll talk to you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Howie Spangler here. This has been episode 72. Test in the green room. That was Ted Bound from Pacifier. Make sure you go check out their band. Those guys are always putting out great songs. Uh, just a really cool band. Um, Ted features on our new song, Renegade, that's out right now. It released today. Um, Matt Appleton from Real Big Fish did horns. Uh, it was just a all-around fun experience. We recorded uh, drums and bass at the um, Kona Town Recording Studios in, in uh, Redondo. That's Pepper's studio, friends of ours. And then just brought everything back to my house and did everything else here. It just felt nice, man. I, I mixed the song, and I'm just really happy with how it turned out, and I really hope you're enjoying it. Um, go get it right now wherever you listen to music. And then follow me on uh, Instagram at Howie Spangler, YouTube at Howie Spangler, and uh, TalesFromGreenRoom.com. If you would like to support the podcast, you hit the little button there, and you can find out information on how to do that. Uh, word, everybody have a wonderful Friday, and I'll talk to you soon.